0: You don't sound autistic. Well, uh, what does an autistic person Wait, sound like? You're autistic? Yeah, I'm telling you that. You don't even look autistic. But what, what, we're talking about. Yeah, but I don't buy it. But I, I was diagnosed with autism and ADHD and anxiety and depression. You don't sound autistic. Welcome back to another episode of You Don't Sound Autistic. I'm Blake. And I'm Rochelle. And I'm autistic. And I'm not. We like to remind everyone to subscribe to the podcast on their preferred platform so you can be notified of the newest episodes when they're released. Also, remember to join the Facebook group. Join the group. Join the conversation. That's You Don't Sound Autistic, YDSA on Facebook. We also like to welcome our listeners from all over the country and all over the world. Everyone that's listening, we thank you. Uh, Remember to go to YouDon'tSoundAutistic.com for episode show notes and links to reference materials in our shop. And for our new listeners, Rochelle has her new, well, it's not new anymore, but Rochelle <laughs> has her, her spiel.
1: I do. You Don't Sound Autistic is a mental and emotional health awareness podcast. Each week, we do our best to represent both neuro perspectives and talk about the continual discovery process of life on the spectrum. Our goal is to illuminate, uncover, and transparently discuss life with multi-diagnosis through a multi-generational neurodivergent lens we follow an open unscripted conversational format that represents the real life back and forth of communication and collaboration even if you aren't raising the next generation you'll find the comparison of the age groups helpful in seeing the more hidden patterns in the dna of your lifestyle and lineage
0: and soon we will be doing um right we're going to be doing that interview soon
1: we need to soon. I just had to get my nerves de-virused. <laughs> I don't know how to say it. Like COVID messes me up. Yeah. Some people are like, I, I I have it. I don't feel anything. That's not been my
0: experience. But stay tuned for that. We'll be interviewing Don Barclay, author of uh, "Traveling Different." And what's the full title of that book? Dang it. Rochelle, you're not helping. <laughs>
1: Traveling different for the anxious, Maybe inflexible, and neurodivergent, I think.
0: Vacation strategies for parents of the anxious, the inflexible, and the neurodiverse.
1: Oh, I got close.
0: You're pretty close.
1: Okay. I'll give myself a B. All right.
0: I'll give you a double D. <laughs> um, I wrote something that I'd like to read to kick off this episode. Sure. It's a deeper reiteration of a point that's been made a few times. Okay. I'm nowhere near as capable a speaker as I am a writer, in my opinion. So if this podcast were scripted, you'd better believe that I would be taking up much more of your time with my well-executed thoughts and feelings on the subjects we discuss. So I have a few questions for the universe. Where did my personality go? The hurdles of finding the right medications are real for many people with ADHD and on the autism spectrum. There seems to be a sweet spot, specifically with ADHD stimulant medication, and I haven't found it yet. My doctor thinks the dose of ADHD meds I'm on are too strong and therefore contributing to the reason my personality now feels flat. I've lost that sparkle, they say. This has contributed to my battle with depression, which, is all, which I'm also taking medication for. So it's a vicious cycle, and I feel lost because it feels like no one can help me. For months now, I've been considering the effects of withdrawal from these medications and stopping them completely. The issue is you cannot just stop. You need to be able to titrate down to, a, uh, to safely lower the risk of adverse effects from the medications. Also, because the ADHD, ADHD meds are considered Schedule II controlled substances, I'm unable to switch quickly from one dose to the next without going through a month of using the current dose. This means I'm stuck until I can try the next dose down. For years now, I've been titrating up, and now I feel like, and now I need to go back down. I've never found the sweet spot with these meds. I do feel better, don't get me wrong, but I feel better and I feel worse. I miss being me. I miss my sense of humor and quick wit. Mm -hmm. People will still tell me I'm funny, but I feel so flat that I can't even laugh at my own jokes anymore. The trials of using medication can be tedious and tiresome. I don't want to feel how I felt but I also don't want to feel how I feel. I hear stories of others who take medications and to them it's like a switch has been turned on or they're wearing glasses for the first time. There's obvious clarity. For me, this feeling of enlightenment eludes me. I'm walking through life like a zombie and I'm searching for where I went. Where did I go? I don't feel like myself anymore. I find it hard to enjoy joyful things. I often find myself asking, what's the point? Then I sit on my ass and do nothing, which feels even worse. I have no motivation. I have no sense of agency or urgency. It feels as if the world is spinning off its axis and no one seems to notice but me. However, I find that I need to do the one thing I'm probably worst at. Remain patient. Yes, I need to be patient. I'm so tired of being patient. Coming out of the darkness, living a neurodiverse life all those years without knowing why I felt different made me who I am today, and it feels as if all that work has been downplayed and stripped away. I know I've advocated, even jokingly so, about taking medication on this podcast. If you can manage your life without it, more power to you. I mean that in all sincerity. I wish I were capable of managing my symptoms without having lost who I am. Maybe having ADHD and being autistic is so deeply ingrained in my DNA that to lose it means I lose a part of myself. I'm not ready to hold a funeral yet for who I was because I'm still searching for who I'm going to be. I will remain as strong as possible, and I thank everyone who's joined me along the way, especially Rochelle, for the guidance and patience along this journey with me. I've posed this question before, but does anyone listening have these same feelings with regard to medication? Also, if you're not on a medication, what are you doing to manage? Masking can be so exhausting, and the medication I'm taking does indeed help me but I don't really f- want to fit in that much. I'm happy to mask my way through life as long as I can still feel like myself when I'm alone with my thoughts. My mind and body have been hijacked and I'm ready to go back to being me again. I feel like I'm repeating myself at this point, so I'll open the floor to Rochelle to give her time to react. Also, to anyone listening, please feel free to reach out to us on social media. Go to the Facebook group or head us up on youdontsoundautistic.com. That was
1: beautiful.
0: Well, I wrote it myself.
1: (laughs) Oh, I can tell. Um, It was very, it was very you. Like I, there's so much sincerity when you share your story. I think it's one of the best parts of the podcast actually is when you are in that space to kind of reach in and, and let us know what it is that you're feeling and thinking. And, um, I have noticed exactly what you're talking about in terms of the impacts of the medication, and I don't know if you'd be willing, um, but the book that I referenced back in episode 46 for um, Autism, Anxiety, and Medication, the book written by the nutritional psychiatrist Drew, Dr. Drew Ramsey, um, Eat to Beat Depression and Anxiety, might be something that you take a look at. It's very compelling and easily written. I mean, well written and and easily read. (laughs) Um, I would be interested. I know what I'm gleaning from Dr. Ramsey. I would be interested to see what you take from it, separate and apart. I've refrained from talking about the book in depth in the hopes that you would read it and we could kind of go back and forth. You know, I don't want to.
0: But I don't retain information the same way you do.
1: Right, you I mean, you're like a sponge, I thank you. that's a very kind compliment um i I don't, yeah, but you do remember enough, like it's the same thing, like when we watch The Bachelorette or we watch um you know Survivor, we watch I don't of
0: tell anyone that I watched The Bachelorette, that's the, she's filled with lies, you Lie.
1: <laughs> I didn't say the Bachelor, um.
0: No, the Bachelorettes even worse because that's just two chicks as opposed to the Bachelor, which is like forty.
1: Oh, I got them backwards. I meant the, I meant the one with all the ladies.
0: Damn right. Right. Which I still don't watch. <laughs> Never seen a single episode. But even
1: Survivor um, or <laughs> The Challenge or some of the other shows we watch, you know, it'll you'll be six weeks into the episode, you're like, who's that person? And and like, I know you don't retain the names. Um, but you remember the experiences and, and so it's okay if you don't remember. I honestly don't remember everything I read all, either. I have to go back and do it several times. But the things that, that when you're reading the book, the things that stick out to you, I would be interested and I, I think our listeners would as well be interested to, to see what piques your interest because of where you are in your journey. What does a completely different approach to psychiatry look like and feel like for you like does that potentially offer you hope or no it may not I'm just saying right now
0: I'd have to read it to know
1: you're in a place right exactly but you're in a place where you've just very eloquently explained the the sort of medication prison you're living in and I spend a lot of time doing the medical research behind the show and I promise you there's a lot of Um, documentation that shows that antidepressants and anti-anxiety medication is not as effective as it could be for the neurodivergent community and for that reason in fact they're showing the research is actually showing not the they're not proving the the efficacy of the medications what they're actually showing is that the medications are incorrect a lot of times for the neurodivergent uh, individuals and damaging the brain (laughs) Um, because serotonin or the SSRI or, 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 um, the SNSRNI or SNRI.
0: If you don't know, don't say it.
1: Well, my brain, I'm, but anyways, the serotonin uptake or reuptake inhibitors, which is a very common way that they treat anxiety and depression are so often not the reason for your depression or your anxiety and what they're doing is actually damaging your cell's ability to use its own natural serotonin in a way that helps you both get to sleep and wake up and work as a neurotransmitter in all the other areas of, of everyday life and so it's kind of one of those like big whoops that you know they're never going to really come out and admit but if you look behind in the research it's absolutely there and I've, I've, I'm working on the show notes or the companion post for the hidden fees episode we did um, and there's some really good information and some resources that I'm I'm citing in that post. So I'll get that up hopefully by the time this goes live or a day or so after. Um, so you can look at that as well. But I'm just the approach of using food is intriguing. And it's sounds pretty familiar to the approach you took with me during my pregnancy when all I wanted to do was take vitamins and you wanted me to eat like all the fish and you wanted me to eat all the foods and get all my vitamins through the foods. And so I feel like your
0: cruciferous vegetables, kids,
1: you did a phenomenal job of cooking for me during my pregnancy. I did. My only problem was the smell of fish. And to this day, I, it's the one, it's the one meat I can't stand the smell of. Um, because it, it gives me that same pregnancy reaction, but I would, just make the same case that maybe there's some things we can do with with food or with, with an elimination diet.
0: Do you think I'm pregnant? Is that what you're saying? Is that how fat I've gotten?
1: Well. Um, that's a yes. Hey. Oh, sorry. I didn't answer the question. No, it, it, that's not what I'm saying. I don't think you're fat.
0: Damn, damn straight.
1: I have been researching sleep debt and I kind of want to do a whole episode dedicated to just sleep debt because sleep in my mind is the number one issue for neurodivergent individuals it's number one and and it, you can track it back to you can track it back to birth I mean no, sleep and digestion just one they just go hand in hand and um, you can't have one work without the other like they're so beautifully codependent like in a in a biologically beautiful way
0: that's why i sleep on a sandwich as my pillow
1: <laughs> that's funny
0: because i like to commingle the two <laughs> okay
1: did you know that sleep debt by itself affects 50 to 70 million americans just americans i would love to know a global number but i'm not sure i could find one just in America, 50 to 70 million Americans.
0: And what exactly is sleep debt?
1: Sleep debt is defined as, um, now that you asked me for the literal, it's basically sleep deprived. Like you're not getting enough sleep. You're not getting the restorative amount of, of hours. And in one study, it was like 7.3 hours for adults. In another one, it was 8.16 hours. I've
0: read that it's different for every person.
1: And it can be, but it's within a range of seven to eight hours. Like okay. if you're consistently getting four to five to six hours, your brain it doesn't have time to go through its entire um, process. like and there's there's a lot of because
0: reg- you're supposed to hit REM sleep a certain amount of times and deep sleep a certain amount of times. and On the surface,
1: all that. yes, you are supposed to do that, but your sleep is also supposed to be restorative. Meaning that it's triggering some healing processes, not to mention the way that your mind is taking all of the day's information and storing it and filing it into your long-term memory and, you know, and then our dreams process things. But I was even reading that in depression, um, a lack of sleep or a lack of quality regenerative sleep can lead to um, metabolism issues in the prefrontal cortex of the emotional pathway. And I was like, those are a whole bunch of words I have never seen in a sentence together. So I spent an hour on it going, what is this? This is amazing because prefrontal cortex activity, as we know, is very linked to ADHD symptoms and executive function and um, and things of that nature. So like you're planning, you're organizing your short-term memory, your working memory. Um, that distractibility, it's its all kind of part of the functions of the prefrontal cortex, but at the same time... Impulse control? Yes. Yes.
0: Couldn't help but say it because I have impulse control.
1: (laughs) Well played. But depression is also a factor of the way this prefrontal cortex does or does not go through its sleep process at night. Because if your body isn't sleeping regeneratively, meaning like with all the right neurotransmitters doing all their jobs, um, then you're not processing your emotions at night while you sleep. So they literally build up in the brain which then becomes kind of that heavier feeling and has, as I understand it, jack shit to do with serotonin. Serotonin is a neurotransmitter that that promotes wakefulness. It has nothing to do with the metabolism of your emotional pathway.
0: I thought you said you wanted to do this on a future episode.
1: No, no, no. I'm not even touching all the stuff I really want to talk
0: about. Got it.
1: I'm just saying as it relates to you because you have mentioned
0: sleep as being a challenge sometimes. And then wake up. Today I or last night I slept for like 12 hours. And then how would you feel when you woke up? Awake.
1: But did you feel energized and ready to go? I never
0: felt energized, but I felt like I wasn't tired anymore.
1: Okay, well that's good, but that's half of it. So, but it but it shouldn't take us 12 hours to get there. So your sleep isn't effective is what that sounds like. And if mm-hmm. you didn't wake up like really energized, then it it probably did most of its job, but not all of its job. Because if it had, you would have woken up with some pep in your step. You'd have been like, oh, I'm ready to go. And you would have... Had I this never
0: have pep in my step.
1: Right. But, that's, but sleep issues
0: have plagued you for so, so, so long. That's true. Something I'm taking is helping with my sleep, though. I agree with that. Um, I don't know which medication, though.
1: Well, I... The idea of... Fixing your medications is obviously paramount. And the trick is to know which is what and what's doing what. And
0: and that's the funny thing. They don't really know. I mean, they know more, you know more or less what's doing what. But when you start taking so many things... They don't know. Then they're like, oh, well, this could be this. It could be this other thing. They kind of narrowed it down to two. So the reason that I wanted to give my little speech that I gave that I wrote was because, first of all, I had the ideas in my brain, and I was like, there's no way I'll be able to iterate this on the podcast without sounding like a complete idiot.
1: No, I, th- I think writing, writing it down is brilliant.
0: So, the, the doctor sent in my prescription, and I'm supposed to be able to pick that up in the next two days. Oh, good. So, I'll start that journey here pretty shortly.
1: But I, you know, at the same time, I... I worry about some of the changes she's making to some of the medications because some of the medications you're on have dual purpose and have uh, even a a tertiary purpose because you're of your autism. Like because you're autistic, some of your medication has dual roles. And I'm worried that she's only focused on one role and not both roles and that she's going to lower something that I don't think she should be lowering.
0: Okay, well, she said that if it's not helping, then why double the amount of medication I'm taking?
1: Because she's not looking at the right thing that it's helping. I think it is helping. You have one medication that is both for depression and irritability, but I don't think she's paying attention to the fact that it's helping irritability, and she's only measuring depression. No, but
0: she's asking me if it makes me feel better, and I told her I don't feel any better on twice the amount.
1: Did you know that... um, (laughs) And I mentioned this before in a previous episode, but I'm in the middle of taking my my continuing education classes right now and and, um, taking a class for um, PTSD and upper body work. And, you know, I know you think that my profession is like, oh, you just like, you know, deal with the muscles. But we are required to do some really in-depth medical study and pass a lot of, you know, um, pathology and biology. And we we do a lot with some of these bigger conditions. And one of the studies that I'm taking right now for my license is talking directly about um, psychiatry because we're talking about PTSD and how I need to be aware of it to be able to treat it in the tre- I I do work with a lot of people who are suffering from emotional and physical traumas at the same time. And so I have to have my certifications up. And I'm I obviously passionate, so I t- target those classes to further my education. And this class is written for massage therapists and body workers. And even in this class, the teacher makes the point of saying psychiatry is one of the only fields of medicine where the large majority of providers do not test the organ they are treating. They do not test the brain before throwing
0: chemicals oh, at it. I thought you meant my organ.
1: Well, yeah. What other than asking you questions, which are difficult to discern how something is actually working because the results of the medications or the results of how you feel is complex. It's not, you don't just tease apart and go, well, I'm feeling better overall or I'm not. Because she's not... uh, How often does she ask you about the quality of your sleep?
0: I mean, every time I talk to her, she asks me how I'm sleeping.
1: Okay, then that's a gold star for her. But what tests have she done?
0: What tests? What do you mean?
1: What tests? Has she done blood work? No. Has she done brain scans?
0: I haven't met her in person. It's all virtual.
1: Yeah, she can still order these things. How am I supposed to get a a brain scan? There are facilities, there are brain scans. I don't
0: have insurance. I'm not gonna go get a brain scan.
1: But you could do blood work. Like there are there are more even the gene site thing that we talked about, thanks to Mark's contribution and, and showing that up, like that would be genetic testing that would give her insight in terms of how well certain medications genetically specifically to you will or won't help you. In fact, some of the medications she's giving you might actually cause the complete adverse reaction and the test would show her that and it would eliminate x number percentage of medications that are genetically wrong for you
0: you should be my psychiatrist go get give me some drugs Rochelle
1: well if you would let me join the if they're virtual meetings I would love to help self advocate or not self. I guess I can't self-advocate for you but I would love to advocate for you and have these conversations because you know I I care very much about this journey with you and I'm watching you week after week continue to persevere and yet wonder where the hell you went like that just breaks my heart every week I don't I want this to be better for you and I want it to be better faster and you're 80% of the reason why I research as hard as I do because I haven't found we have not found the answers I know what to do for Declan I don't know what to do for you and I am not involved in the conversation with the person prescribing your medication so I may have observations for her that would be helpful that you don't think of or remember or even know because I I don't I already talk so much you know I try not to yeah <laughs> you do overwhelm you with all my observations but you know it's 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 I wish she was doing more testing so we could have a more customized specific even down to the gene so what
0: observations are you making that she's not noticing
1: I, don't, I can't say what she's not or not what she is or isn't noticing because I'm not in the room I'm just saying I don't think that asking you how you feel overall and measuring the question of depression or joy is a complete answer because within that there's irritability, there's aggression, there's tantrums, there's There's creating fight or flight to make yourself feel better. Like there's testing that shows how your brain functions in a calm environment and testing that shows how your brain functions in a crisis environment. And that alone would be helpful for her in making medication and dosage and medication combination decisions. That's what I'm saying. Like I just want more testing. I want want psychiatrists who are... Prescribing medication to actually test the organ that they're treating. Everyone else does it. Everyone else x-rays and MRIs and does blood work. Yeah,
0: because people have insurance. I don't have insurance.
1: I understand that. But there have got to be other ways. There's got to be more here. Guessing at medications cannot be the
0: answer. I didn't know she's guessing. Don't give me that look.
1: They call it practicing medicine. People
0: can't see that look on the podcast. They can feel it I'm though. sure
1: they're very educated guesses. I'm sure it comes with a lot of experience. But it hasn't been working for you since, since 2017. So something isn't working. It's still not working. So, so, let's, so we need more information. That's all I know. Do you feel better?
0: I you heard what I said when I wrote when I wrote. So that's why I'm or saying wrote, what I'm read what I wrote?
1: That's why I'm saying what I'm saying. I wouldn't have this criticism if you were standing here today going, I found my personality and I feel like myself, and here's my five jokes for the minute. You know what I mean? Like you 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 very clearly said you missed your wittiness and it and I agree. Like you always and it's not just your wittiness you have an intuitive sense about you and you have the ability to kind of read the room and and feel the energy of the room and none of those skills are with you right now they're all suppressed I think part
0: of it's my job though too i realized that like when i was working at my other job you know
1: in colorado yeah yeah
0: that like i'd be in there and i'd almost be like performing stand up for the other employees exactly and now like everyone in my office is Hopefully no one listens to this. Boring.
1: They are kind of boring. So I feel boring. There's no, uh, there's no inspiration. There's no excitement. I mean,
0: it's a lot of like, Hey, uh, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, yeah, okay. But you've got that. I match the environment that I'm in.
1: Yes. No, you do. And you, but that you've got that three and a half year old ham that, that just like lights up the room. And there's even times where he overwhelms you. Like you, you normally would be inspired to play off of him and instead, I watch him trigger you. I watch him trigger you and overwhelm your senses. He doesn't overwhelm me. He can. <clears throat> he can. Not really. I've watched it. I've watched it recently.
0: Great. Tell me more about me.
1: <laughs> I'm just saying, like, I know that something isn't right because, I, because you're, you're not always able to take advantage of the moments that you would normally find funny is what I'm saying. You would normally be able to play off of an energy in the air. And sometimes you not only can you not play off of it, but you don't even sense it. So I know those medications are depressing, suppressing, oppressing parts of your personality that you want back. I agree with everything you said.
0: Okay. Good. Finally. Got it on tape. <laughs> We're keeping this part in. Episode Can't f- it now. Is it episode fifty? This episode only took fifty episodes. <laughs> and then in in on episode one hundred, you'll agree with me again
1: <laughs> okay fair point i I think that um, I know that there are answers out there the one there's only two things that you do every single day is one is take your medication and two
0: is eat. There's a third, but I can't say it on here <laughs> okay,
1: fair point, but we're not even addressing the eating. Uh, you know, I was also kind of surprised to understand that sleep debt is a, has a direct impact on our glucose intolerance or, or tolerance. Do you know what that means when I say glucose intolerance? Sugar? Yeah. Whether or not, yes, exactly. How our bodies respond to sugar is directly related to sleep. How many years have you had insomnia?
0: I have no idea. Well, that's
1: indicative of the number of years you've had insomnia. But our bodies if we do not get regenerative sleep, not just like okay, I'm zonked out on a medication, if, you know, if we're not regenerating during that sleep, that it doesn't count as much as regenerative sleep would. But one the there's a there's groups of um how do I say this like there's groups of negative health impacts based on how long you've been sleep deprived and in the very first group of like physical ramifications of of not getting enough sleep is obesity, diabetes, cardiovascular disease like like high blood pressure, stroke um and this insulin resistance. So right off the bat, it screws up our glucose. And so it's like I've always wondered why uh, Declan's doctors are so strict about oh he's autistic he has t- low glucose like no low low to no sugar mom make sure there's no no gluten that turns into you know that's inflammatory and wheat turns carbs turned into sugar you know like really make sure that fructose is okay mom you know fruits are okay but really low to no sugar and I was like why and I thought it had something to do with the elimination system and because I know that with um. Methylation issues—that means the histamine and, and our whole elimination system is kind of is not as effectively working. But it turns out it's directly related to sleep. And I—he has not slept. Like he, you know, we've had sleep issues from the beginning. You've had sleep issues. I not like I said before, sleep and digestion are the number one two combo of things that need to be physically. I'm addressed.
0: sleeping and pooping just fine.
1: Uh, if you. If I were able to hand you a a full night's sleep, like regenerative sleep, if I said, here, here's how you go take a full night of regenerative sleep and you compared it to the every night's sleep for the last 10 years, you would come back to me and go, I guess I haven't had a really good night's sleep since. You don't, it, it's incomparable.
0: How do you know how I'm sleeping?
1: Well, I'm just, I'm just assuming it isn't that much different in the last two years as it's been for the last 10 it's different. Probably not by too much.
0: Come find out.
1: <laughs> well done. Well done. I didn't think so. Your house is too cold for me.
0: Whatever. I, wear a blanket.
1: <laughs> wear a blanket. <laughs> I freeze. My sensory issues need to be taken into account also, and I don't do I well. just
0: offered you a blanket, you whiner.
1: I need much more than a blanket. I need like a whole parka and like snow boots and
0: okay you're welcome to wear all that crap (laughs) okay thanks i'm a giver
1: yeah well done i'm just it i'm just saying if i had a way to give you a really regenerative night's sleep i think you'd come back and realize how much of a difference it makes
0: all right all right well hand it over
1: well i'll figure out how to do it or we will or you i mean food makes a difference Like, what we eat can actually disrupt our sleep. And if you're not getting enough zinc and magnesium from your food, that makes a difference in your sleep. I mean, I'm actually to the point where this nerve pain that I have where my hands go to sleep. And, like, I could be in the middle of a session and my arms will start to go numb. And my hands will start to go numb. And I'm like, oh, I kind of need those. Like, it's really difficult to give, you know, cranial and massage work when you're... when your literal tools are falling asleep because I have that pinched nerve and so I'm like okay well my doctor gave me nerve pain medication and I was getting a pretty bad headache and it was nerve related I'm like okay it was Thursday night I took it oh my god not only did it not solve my nerve pain but it actually gave me nerve pain in completely unrelated parts of my body I was so pissed sciatic nerve pain I was getting <laughs> nerve cram- uh I was mad, and did
0: you make your butt fall asleep?
1: You know what? Actually, yes, it did.
0: My butt's falling asleep right now. Well, maybe I have what you have.
1: Yeah, I would have given you my med. I can't because you're on too much. But I was like, okay, and I and I was edgy. I was having a hard time driving. I was really irritable. I wasn't patient with the drive, like with the uh, d- other drivers.
0: You have a hard time driving, regardless.
1: No. I'm only when you're in the car like I get I get edgy but don't blame me I normally do really well in the car I normally have a very good calm for you and you know good music. for you believing that no I do <laughs> I do one day he's gonna get old enough and tell you that I'm actually a really good driver but I'm not Declan yes
0: yeah when he's wearing a helmet <laughs> that's how he'll tell me yeah my m- mom's a great driver strap me in pops
1: <laughs> whatever. I'm good. I was not good on Friday and it took a full 24 hours for that nerve medication to stop screwing with me. And I was telling a coworker, he's like, are you doing okay? I'm like, I'm actually not. No, my, my hands are numb and I'm, I'm, I'm on this medication and it's, he goes, well, what is it? And I go, "It's some anti-anxiety medication. He goes, it sounds like it's giving you anxiety. I'm like, it is. I'm actually, it is. I was, uh, oh, I struggled. I struggled for it like you're struggling right now well because I'm remembering it and it's giving me anxiety but during a conversation with a friend I was explaining this and she says "Now wait a minute don't you have ADHD in your family and I was like yeah I do I I have it on both sides of my family actually um, and in multiple generations of my family And she goes, so you may not have ADHD, but that means you are genetically predisposed to ADHD. And I was like, well, yeah, you're right. She goes, so typical of ADHD is that a medication works oppositely. I was like, right, because they treat ADHD with stimulants.
0: I've made this point before, but I would like to point out that I didn't have ADHD before I met you. So I think you gave it to me.
1: (laughs) Oh, I... I don't know. I was kidding. Yeah, but you might. I wonder if you actually have a point there. That's right. Maybe my mom gave it to you.
0: Who knew it was an STD?
1: <laughs> what? Yeah,
0: ADHD STD.
1: What does the STD stand for?
0: Sexually transmitted disease.
1: <laughs> oh, I thought you meant socially. <laughs> yeah. Socially transmitted.
0: Well, we, you know, we were together. People know we have a kid. That's true. We got down at least once. Yeah. Um, and I did a good job. I fired right in there. <laughs> Made a baby, just so everyone knows.
1: Okay, fair point. You did. Um, but I digress. Well, I I was pregnant four times before too, so
0: I try. Hey, I was trying.
1: It wasn't your fault.
0: I was all about practicing.
1: Yes. <laughs> but 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 her point remains. So flipping back. The nerve medication that my doctor is giving me, they didn't ask me any questions about like, am I neurotypical or am I neurodivergent? Um, because if they had and I had answered it, they might have said, oh, well, this medication might do the complete opposite for you because instead of reducing my pain and, and reducing anxiety, it's giving me both of more, giving me more of both.
0: There you go. <laughs> Ugh. There's that. Uh, what's that called? dyslexia coming back in playing
1: yeah it's real fun. full bore it's 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 really challenging to type on the screen when like my hands i'm not getting the right motor coordination because typing is really difficult and then when my eyes are all like wavy and then i'm sitting there exchanging p's and q's and b's and d's and all kinds of other like r's and n's if they're in the word next door an i's and e's i mean oh my gosh and then the word
0: i know the letters
1: Yeah, but in my brain, I think I'll look at a word and I'm like, why is it underlined red? It's spelled right. I get so irritated. I'm like, it's spelled right. And I go and I, you know, right click and fix it. And I'm like, oh, oops. And I'd flipped to it. And sometimes they're not even letters that like are typical of dyslexia. So I'm just going, okay, whatever, I give up. So it's taking me longer to do some of these posts because reading is with my nerves this way. Like it's been almost impossible. It's been so frustrating. (laughs) And I'm literally on the medication the doctors want me to be on. So I don't know what it feels like to be on your medication journey, but I do have a sliver of empathy based on the sliver of experiences that I have that where these things are screwing with my nerves. Like it's really, you you, you don't even feel, it's not just that you don't feel like yourself, but you, you don't even feel smart. Like I sit there and go, man, how did I get so, ugh. You know, I used to feel confident in my abilities to do basic things like, you know, reading and writing and typing. So I can only imagine how you're feeling on top of what you're actually not saying. How many little areas of your self-esteem do you inadvertently feel compromised when all this medication journey takes away pieces of yourself and and you just feel further and further from who you knew yourself to be?
0: Well, that's one of the reasons that I mentioned what I when I said That I've considered just talking to the doctor about completely coming off the medications.
1: Oh, thank you for revisiting that. I, when I heard you say that, first is the first time I've heard you say that. Second, I did a little bit of a dance in my heart because I don't, I I don't, it's an interesting idea. I would be interested to know her experience using brain nutrients like instead of using antidepressants L-tyrosine is is really well researched um and proven to nur- nourish the parts of the brain that help control depression and mood regulation what's her experience with um I'm not going to be able to remember most of the other ones now like like we've talked before about the GABA versus gabapentin um to help with with your anxiety, like there's there are other solutions out there, and would she be willing to not only titrate you down from the prescriptions, but replace some of them with brain nutrient solutions?
0: And see? I highly doubt that that would be something a doctor would do.
1: Many doctors would. The question is, is she one of them?
0: All right. Uh, you you are correct.
1: Oh, I. Thank you. I I don't know if she's one of them. I don't know. That's why I want to ask. Okay. But if she's not, then... I would kind of like to find one for you. Or help you find one. Because I know they're out there. I have family members being treated by them right now.
0: Got it. (sighs) Okay.
1: So, I mean, the question of where'd your personality go... It's a very fair question. And, And do you... Do you wonder, like,
0: I wonder all the time
1: between because most of your medication is for ADHD and then the supplemental anxiety and depression do you do you suspect that it's the ADHD medication that's like really driving the train here, or have you considered that's what the doctor said? Well, I know she said she thinks you're on too much of it, but has she considered like a non-stimulant medication?
0: I don't know. I was researching. I've I've tried non-stimulant medications, though, before. Which ones? Do you remember? I don't remember.
1: I just learned yesterday. um, I have a coworker who's like, oh, I can't take cold medicine with guanfacine because it makes me all loopy. And I'm like, guanfacine, isn't that the stuff that's in Mucinex? And then someone in our Facebook group mentioned that, um, ADHD medication doesn't work for her either stimulant or non-stimulant and not even guanfacine works. And I was like, why are they giving her guanfacine? So I, I looked it up and it actually is a non-stimulant medication for ADHD and also an adjunct medication for autism. And I did not know that.
0: Well, I'm taking guanfacine. You are? Yeah. It's one of the four main medications I take
1: the four men i thought you were going main
0: okay dickhead
1: is that the new like is that new
0: no i've been taking it for years now
1: guanfacine
0: yeah why do you seem so surprised? we've talked about this
1: i thought i had all your medications down i didn't realize
0: guanfacine gabapentin abilify and dexmethylphenidate.
1: i thought it was clonidine
0: no okay you're thinking of clonopin right but i'm not on that anymore
1: Okay. Well, you know, one day I'm going to create a medication database because it's a lot to remember.
0: I can, I can, I'm just proud of myself for saying them correctly.
1: No, you did great. You did. Yeah, you did really well. Well, you know, it's a process. Um, The problem I think is that it's just taking so long that, you know, you're still, you're still in the relief, grief and burnout phase of the process. And you toggle back and forth between finding a little bit of relief and then going right back into grief because it isn't really working and then you and then you burn out because it's because you haven't gotten to that point yet where you find that zen moment so that's why we named it relief grief and burnout it's it's an expect it english go
0: ahead and hit us with some english
1: (laughs) it's an experimental phase but it's not meant to be a permanent phase and it's and it's feeling now a minimum of... My
0: whole life is an experiment at this point.
1: Uh, well, that's true. Yeah, that's true. But maybe we need to dial back into the food and see what we can do with food. I'm just saying that we have control over. We don't have to wait a month for a schedule two, you know, taco or something. We can go create our own...
0: Schedule two taco, I'll take two.
1: <laughs> you know, did you... um, Did you ever dive back into the mediterranean diet like did you
0: i need to but no yeah i just don't like i get home from work i just don't have the patience to cook which i used to all the time
1: you had more energy before though i did in fact your problem before when you were cooking well i
0: I think part of it's because i live by myself and i really don't like living alone
1: right i know but your challenge at uh, at the end of the night was different before, and you were on an immediate release stimulant at night, and so then you were given this, like, uh, extra boost of energy, and so cooking for you was one of the ways you would kind of burn that off.
0: Yeah. Well, and being able to go outside and work in the yard when we had a house was super helpful, too.
1: Yeah, that's true. Well, and remember from a sensory organizing standpoint, pushing um, heavy lawn equipment around is actually um neurologically grounding for you like the more you can you know push and swing and put and uh and pull heavy things
0: i was just swinging that lawn mower all over the yard (laughs) that's what i was doing
1: well the edger at least complete imbecile you did a really good job on that pine tree we had this massive pine tree wasn't it It's like a big old Christmas tree.
0: Was it a pine tree? Okay, whatever.
1: I don't know. I thought it was. We had this... Whatever tree it was, this thing was like 25 feet tall. It was very tall. It was taller than the house. It was a two-story house. And that was so overgrown. I mean, it was ridiculous. There was like villages and villages of spiders in there. And you went in over the course of the two years and you, you, you hacked away at it with... You know, electric equipment, you went out there with clippers, and you know, your hands like you, the muscle flexion and extension that you put your body through by just managing that tree was really good, you know, for your neurological system to kind of work through that.
0: It's funny because that place was kind of like a dump when we moved in. It was. And then I felt like I did a lot of work to clean up the outside. You and did then a lot of work. Joey came over. Oh, remember yeah. and he's like this place is a dump and i was like fuck you dude like i did a lot of work here
1: yeah i was offended for you by his comment it's like you didn't see what it was i mean it but he's he does that professionally so who knows what his eye was looking at no, i
0: know that's why it was funny because i'm all like look at this yard and he's like yeah what a dump
1: <laughs> like dude kick you yeah i know it was that was tough i thought you deserved credit i was expecting him to give but you but no credit. he
0: didn't know you're right he didn't know what it looked like before but it's just, you know, we've known each other since we were little kids. So yeah. I was kind of just hoping for like a little, but then I forget that we're just, we're friends too. And so he's so going to give you a hard time. He's going to, you know, bust my balls a little bit. Sure.
1: Yeah, that's fair. So what else has been going on this week? I mean, these are big things, but when do you meet with her again?
0: Oh, uh, I mean, I just met with her
1: it's been three or four weeks now. May,
0: well, because I've been waiting for the medication stuff.
1: Right. So I thought we've been waiting for so most maybe, of the month.
0: Okay. Maybe another couple weeks then. Okay. I don't think I've set another appointment yet.
1: Oh, because you got to wait and see how this works. Yeah. Yeah. That's fair.
0: But she said that it's going to be the hardest is going to be the the week after I titrate down because I'll be going through withdrawals.
1: Right. I. That's the only part of the process of titrating down that scares me
0: scares me too. Thanks for your support. No,
1: I don't mean it that way. It's just that um I know firsthand how challenging it is when your nerves don't do what you are expecting them to do. Like there's a lot of different parts of the body that can kind of fluctuate from a sensory standpoint and not totally dysregulate you, but our nerves, the central nervous system, I mean that's the that's our network. That's that's our signaling. It's that's how we interpret internal senses how we interpret external sensory data it's you know how we're able to string one thought to another one emotion to a thought one you know and and communicate and relate and you know that irritability when you don't feel well it it can be it can be high and it can be frustrating and it can be difficult to communicate
0: yeah it's all true i mean i I don't know. My it's so difficult. I really wish that like I had something to read. <laughs> That's one of the reasons I like News Minute and Pop Minute so much cuz I'm like, "Oh, I can contribute."
1: Your experiences are actually incredibly valuable. I mean, every answer you give in response is it's it it helps illuminate some of the interior things that only you
0: experience
1: that many of our listeners will will identify with only you for and like you know
0: yeah well i mean that makes sense
1: a little bit yeah it makes sense yeah i mean so
0: otherwise why are we doing this
1: right (laughs) it's to talk about
0: it's not for the money (laughs) no
1: (laughs) no it's not i mean but we made it
0: to 50 episodes so far that's pretty good
1: yeah i'm it's it's amazing actually i'm very proud i'm very proud of our website i wish i i have so many ideas for things i want to bring to life on that site and i just need to take 40 hours off of life and just sit and build and bring everything
0: i wish that we had more listeners because then we could actually monetize this a little bit and not necessarily like replace our incomes but at least make it so that we could Deep, do a more of a deep dive and offer even more valuable content.
1: I have, yeah, I want to create some very usable, um, meaningful tools. Um, I want to build out the Brain Hugs toolbox. I, I have I have some really cool ideas of things that, you know, user ability, usability and, and data-driven type experiences, things that would help give our listeners more of a voice in some very key areas like... I just, I need, I need really 40 to 60 hours full time of just doing this and I could bring it all to life. Like I'm just used to having a full time job at a computer where I could do that. Um, you know, but all in good time. I'm incredibly proud of what we managed to do while we're raising a child and all the complexities that come with that. So.
0: Well, apparently I'm not doing a very good job. Why? Because you pointed it out. You said that I wasn't doing a good job.
1: That's not what I said. There's that filter again. What I said is, we need to find ways to make your apartment more Declan friendly.
0: Mm-hmm. I don't understand how it couldn't be friendlier.
1: Well, so...
0: Maybe I need to put up some pictures of breasts around because he's a boob fan.
1: He is. <laughs> yes, he is. It's really awkward when he tells me that.
0: Yeah, he did. Can I mention that? <laughs> it was so funny? Or no? Sure. I we guess. were We were all hanging out and... Jacqueline just added nowhere was like, I like your boobs, mom.
1: <laughs> it was so awkward, especially because we were trying to get him to sleep. Yeah, he was. Yeah. And then the way like the way he looked at me he was like, yeah, mom, I like your boobs. I was like, "Um, OK, well, good thing you can't see them right now. Like I had everything. I was covered.
0: See, that's a, I wonder. So if you're a breastfed child and you're a boob guy, what would have happened to you that you'd be an ass man? <laughs>
1: <laughs> I don't know. Do your mom
0: sit on you all the time? No.
1: I don't know. I don't know. You got
0: to pick one or the other. I, I always go for the boobs myself. So <laughs> that's my boy.
1: <laughs> well, and we've watched him. I was I was re-looking at something you posted um I think it was on your individual page on Facebook, but you were, you reposted a picture when he was nine months old and we took him to Hooters. You remember?
0: Was he nine months old then?
1: Yeah, he was nine. We did it for his night because he's wearing the Batman outfit, the gray Batman. Yeah. yeah he was nine months old. So oh my God. this child has been, what's the term? Um, I don't I can't think of it, but. He has not had a problem making eye contact with beautiful women since he was like six months old and he would stare them down in restaurants. And so when we f- took him to Hooters for the first time and they're walking around in those outfits, I mean, he just wouldn't even pay attention to us at the table. He would just follow the waitresses around the restaurant. He would literally turn from them. one
0: end of his neck to the other. And I was like, look at this guy rubbernecking.
1: <laughs> That's the term. That's what I meant.
0: What? Rubbernecking? hmm yeah, like, yeah. Like a beautiful car crash just... He just All couldn't over the stop place.
1: staring <laughs> at the women. So this has been a thing for him since he was 6 months old.
0: That's my dude. So. Um are you ready for
1: news yeah. minute? What you got?
0: Um, I only have two things I've one for each one this week. Okay. So here's a bit of news that we missed in last week's episode. Are you do you know who um Salman Rushdie is?
1: This is the author Yes. I've he- I have do not know who he is, but I have heard and read. I don't what, hear. What I- happened? Yeah, I read
0: about it. So on, on Friday, August 12th, the famed author was stabbed several times in front of a New York audience. He's currently in critical condition with life-changing injuries. This is, of course, as of when I read it last week. Um, he was taken off the ventilator over the weekend, but is still being treated for his injuries, including stab wounds to his neck, stomach, right eye, chest, and right thigh lacerations on his right thigh the author may reportedly lose his right eye the suspect has been identified as 24 year old and i am not going to say this person's name right hattie Matar of fairview new jersey who was arrested by a state trooper following the attack and has been taken into custody the authorities are investigating the attack with, and what motivated this vicious assault rushdie famously published the satanic verses in the 1980s which prompted much scrutiny from some Muslims and even death threats. Regarding the stabbing, the suspect used a knife. There were no security searches or metal detectors used at the event. Matar, who has no criminal history to speak of, has pleaded not guilty to his crimes. He faces up to 32 years in prison if convicted of his crimes, second-degree attempted murder, and second-degree assault with intent to cause physical injury with a deadly weapon. Rushdie has been... Flooded with support, including his ex-wife, Padma Lakshmi. And you know who that is, right? Padma? Yeah.
1: From Top Chef?
0: Yeah, that's his ex-wife.
1: I did not know that. I didn't know who he was. I still don't know yeah, who he he's, was. I just he's pretty, heard the story. He's
0: pretty famous. Um, who said that she was relieved that Rushdie was pulling through after Friday's nightmare. New York Governor Kathy Hochul. Again, I'm so bad with people's names. New York Governor Kathy Huchul. Hutchell? I don't know how to say it. Condemned the attack saying, I want it out there that a man with a knife cannot silence a man with a pen. Wow.
1: Yeah.
0: So freedom of speech. Uh, Pop (laughs) (laughs) man. I I really need to like make a musical thing because it's so like after a downer like that. That's just intense. Yeah,
1: it's it's, it's an intense uh, update there.
0: Tom Holland, star of the most recent Spider-Man trilogy as well as the video game adaptation Unch- of Uncharted is taking a mental health break from social media. If you're one of the stars 67 million Instagram what? followers.
1: I'm not, but I should be. You may
0: already, well no, not now. He's took a break. Yeah, but it, he'll You come may already back. know this. Holland told his followers, "I have taken a break from social media for my mental health because I find Instagram and Twitter to be overstimulating, to be overwhelming." Holland also said there is an awful stigma against mental health, and I know that asking for help and seeking help isn't something we should be ashamed of.
1: Agreed. Good for Tom. Thank you for sharing that. I like that. So a Um, little
0: relevant pop minute this week.
1: Did you know Tom Holland is like a master manifester? Do you know what I mean by when I say that?
0: I don't follow uh, what guys do in their private time.
1: That's... (laughs) not a manifest okay manifestation you t-
0: we were talking about eating better yeah i'm a mast uh master masticator
1: okay well that's fair
0: i masticate in front of everybody
1: <laughs> manifestation. old men women
0: children dogs cats <laughs> i'm just like just chewing I hope help you're okay with me masticating
1: <laughs> i i heard of an interview at one point when tom holland he rattled off this list of like his dream list of things and jobs he wanted one of them included dating zendaya
0: it's zendaya
1: thank you did i flip the vowels
0: i'm just telling you her name's zendaya
1: yeah okay what you said and playing in uncharted because it's one of his favorite video games right i heard that and he now has he's now done both i don't even think he was spider-man at the time I think he listed all three of those things. He's like, "Oh, it'd be really cool if I could do this and do this and do that," and he's done them all. Manifestation is the is the concept of, um, like putting something out there that you want to. I know happen what manifesting is. And then and then allowing it to come in and actually happen.
0: Don't you remember manifest destiny? Yeah. A terrible idea.
1: What was that?
0: Manifest destiny.
1: Okay, I remember the term.
0: It was the idea, I, I could look it up and give you like an exact definition, but the idea behind the, that, that it was like, whoever us is, or, uh, you know, whoever the hour in the sentence would be, but it would, that it was our destiny to, um like, own the United States.
1: What? Okay, I don't remember this. I just remember hearing it.
0: You don't know what I'm talking about? I don't. I don't Yeah, not. so they're even better. Um is a phrase coined in eighteen forty five, the idea that the United States is destined by God. It's advocated believed its advocates believed to expand its dominion and spread democracy and capitalism across the North American continent. Oh. So when you talk about manifestation, the first thing I think of is manifest destiny, which is like this horrible thing because of all the atrocities that came because of it yeah then again we all wouldn't be here without it so there's that to there's argue. that i mean yeah double. if H. you want to play uh devil's advocate
1: sure well i didn't remember that i didn't remember it was tied to history um i'm still trying to get a lot of my memory back i feel like my
0: tom holland is uh a, a, his master what, what is what did you call it again master manifester master manifest master manifester yes so Which he does in his private time
1: No I'm just I'm, I'm proud of him Because he said what he wanted Him?
0: Proud of him? <laughs> you just got real southern there For a second
1: I'm getting tired
0: you get, um, you get southern More southern as the night goes on
1: Either that or The only way to bring it out Is if I get really tired If I get I don't drink very often But if I really drink Or if I get really mad Then yeah It, it all comes out
0: Y'all are in deep shit. <laughs> if Rochelle gets, intri- gets mad,
1: apparently, if I get really drunk, I can speak Spanish. I can conjure it up from the the depths of. Is the- it real
0: Spanish, or are you just making up? No, offensive I used words, to speak- cultural appropriation.
1: No, I lived in Spain for two months. Like I was, oh. dr- I was speaking and fluently and dreaming well, in Spanish and Buenos Dias. My parents both spoke. Uh, my my parents. Uh, my mom still does speak fluent Spanish, so. I at one point was speaking very fluent Spanish, and, and then I lost. After it. two months, I was in my second year of Spanish in school.
0: So you could, in Spain, you could walk around and say like, "Where's the toilet?" and "Where's the library?"
1: I had to have full conversations. I was there by myself. I was I was a foreign exchange student with a you know with a family, so there was no English. So okay, um, but I digress. So I was just complimenting him for both saying his desires and allowing it all to happen so I'm the the tie I'm attempting to make is that you started this episode by declaring what you want to have happen which is to find your personality and find that sweet spot and feel like yourself again and my hope is that you can also now that you've you've really declared it and put it out there that you also allow those answers to come in and that we are able to find you some real answers.
0: I'm waiting for answers.
1: Yeah. And then what can we Aren't do? We all? What can we do in the meantime to continue to facilitate that process so we're not just waiting on medication?
0: We should start doing these episodes topless. You first.
1: Um, I
0: Okay, fine. I I'll start. I would
1: be too cold. No.
0: Whatever we'll get you. Uh, we'll get you some boots.
1: It won't matter. I'm gonna have <laughs> some boots. <laughs> I'm gonna be under three blankets. What's it gonna matter?
0: I'll get under the blanket. Ugh. I'll take a peek. You're funny. I'm a doctor. I took psychology.
1: Okay, Doctor Dad.
0: Doctor Dad.
1: You know what? You you become the the nutritionist of the family. I might agree to that.
0: Shit. I'll, okay. Let's get some books.
1: <laughs> yeah. You can start with the one by Doctor Ramsey. Uh, you can find the link. I'm
0: I'm reading that ADHD book you gave me. I'm I'm reading that to Declan.
1: Are you done with it yet? It's an no, e- ADHD 2.0. It's an easy book. Uh, I'm ready well, to have he, it back.
0: He, yeah, but he re he he only lets he falls asleep after three pages. So it's going to take me a couple weeks.
1: Oh, I thought you would keep reading.
0: No, because then I go to sleep. Oh. Okay. It's a it's a really upbeat book.
1: There's a lot of good stuff in it. I know. No, it's good. I wanted to mention some of it today, but I couldn't rem- remember any of it, so <laughs> I oh, need able right. to read the book again. Anyways. Anyways, thank you for sharing. I like that. Um, I hope you continue to write things down as you come across, and feel free to read as much as you want at any time. I
0: I just if, have to remember, It's I had to carve that time out during my lunch breaks at work.
1: Yeah, I thought it was a good idea.
0: Thank you. All right. Well, episode 50. We made it. woo Here's to another 50. Yeah. So just want to remind everyone before we go to subscribe to the podcast again on your preferred platform so you can be notified of the newest episodes when they're released. Join the Facebook group. Join the group. Join the conversation. That's You Don't Sound Autistic YDSA. And check out YouDon'tSoundAutistic.com for episode show notes, links to reference materials. Check out the shop. And uh, if you hear anything on the show, help us out because if you buy it through the website, if you go, if you see it on the website and click on the links, um, then it helps us out because then they'll pay, they'll pay us some money and then we keep doing the show for you. So that's all I got for you this week. I'm Blake. I'm Rochelle. And I'm still autistic. Yeah. We'll be back. <laughs> <laughs>